0: If you take your Bible, let's turn to Romans chapter number 12 tonight, Romans chapter number 12, and if you want to keep from having to, to flip uh, pages, a little bit later on we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Romans chapter number 12, we began to look last week at how the individual believer is to fit into the body of believers, the local church. As believers, we've all been given gifts by the Holy Spirit of God, and we've been placed into the body of Christ, and therefore we have a responsibility both within the body of Christ and to the body of Christ. And we said that there are three observations that every believer needs to make concerning where he or she fits into God's plan for the body of Christ. He said we need to watch our pride in the body. Last week is what we talked about, talking about guarding against self-deception, against self-depreciation, and having a balanced approach. Tonight we want to see that we need to watch our place in the body. And I feel certain that we're probably going to wrap it up and look. To, that we need to watch our performance in the body. We'll see how the time goes tonight. But first of all, we need to watch our place in the body. Look at uh, Romans 12. Let's uh, read verse 4 and 5. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. So we see the picture here. You know, Paul's uh, next objective was to teach believers that they should use their respective gifts for the good of the whole body of Christ. And uh, we, we use the word edification, talking about building up. Uh, a, a building is an edifice. Edification means you're building something up. And we're to build up the body of Christ as part of our part of uh, what we've been called to do as believers. So we see the picture here in verse number 4. He says, For as we have many members, talking about uh, our physical body, as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members of another. He's comparing. Paul used the human body here to illustrate what he was teaching. Even though Paul's understanding wasn't what ours is today, he still understood that the various members, the different members of your body, fingers, your toes, your arms, your hands, the different parts of your body, he understood that the various members of the human body each had to do the function God created them for in order for the body to properly function. Aren't you glad that the Lord created the body the way that He did? I mean, it's just—I uh, know there's been some scientists that want to say that He didn't know what He was doing. Uh, they're not God. God knew exactly what He was doing. Uh, can you imagine if your your eyes were located down near your your knees? That wouldn't be very good, would it? <laughs> you know, uh, God put them right where they needed to be, right in right in your head, uh, and. Uh, Right, but we see, you know, today scientists tell us that the body is made up of trillions of cells, over 200 bones and over 600 muscles, and specialized systems that cause us to be able to live and function. But we're going to just keep it simple tonight, okay? Uh, you know, we can talk about all kinds of, uh, of things with regard to the body, but the body we know is very diverse, but it is a good illustration of the need for unity and what unity or lack of unity will do. You know, it's good when your body parts function together for the good of the body. Amen? Uh, No part of our body tries to take over the function that belongs to another part of the body. Each part simply does its intended duty. As a result, the entire body is able to live, function, and we can enjoy life. Amen. As as a body. When, When a part of our body ceases to function as it should, so that happens sometimes, doesn't it? You know, uh, when part of our body ceases to function as it should or it gets out of unity with the rest of the body, then our whole body suffers. And I can give you a personal example. Uh, when I was age 46 and I had a light stroke, uh, you know, uh, it, it affected my whole body. Um, You know, they were just uh, little parts here, little parts there that weren't functioning the way they should function, but I can assure you that it affected the whole body. The things we know about the human body today are astounding, and yet they are still finding more and more about how it functions as they continue to study it. Uh, You know, there for a long time they had had trouble figuring out uh, why, we had certain things in the body, you know. Why? Why do we have tonsils? Or why do we have an appendix? You know, they, and they wanted to say that those, uh, they those didn't have a purpose. But come to find out, they do have a purpose. You know, uh, God has a purpose for everything He's got in the body. We don't need to. I don't like to be missing any parts unless I have to. Amen. Something gets diseased and they have to take it out. That's one thing. But. Uh, you know, I don't want to take something out just because somebody says, well, you don't need that. Well, you don't know. <laughs> I might need it. God put it there. And so, uh, uh, the, you know, we know that the more they study the body, the more they find. The The psalmist David, like uh, Paul, didn't have the scientific knowledge that we have today, yet What he said in Psalm 139, verse 14, he said, I will praise thee, speaking of God, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. The Lord did make us fearfully and wonderfully, didn't he? When he gave us this body. Paul appealed here to the human body as a grand example of diversity and unity And it is. He he wanted his readers to see that a similar kind of unity of design and purpose exists within the body of Christ, and that's the idea that he turns to there in verse number five. That we being many are one body. You know, I've got uh, I'm a body that's made up of you know hands, fingers, toes, feet, uh, legs, arms. You know, all of that is just one body. It was found in the same body, and we need to realize that that. we may have different gifts, and and we do, uh, but we are in the one body. Um, look at uh, look at First Corinthians chapter number twelve now, and uh, we're going to pick up reading of verse number four here. Here we see the purpose, um, the purpose of. Uh, the, the body, purpose of, of the, the members of the body. First uh, Corinthians 12, look at verse number 4. It says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. In other words, uh, yes, we have different different gifts, but the same Spirit gave each of us the gifts that we have. And That's what he's saying. And he says there, there are differences of administrations. In other words, there are different ways of using those gifts, <laughs> administering those gifts. But it's the same Lord okay, that uh, directs those things. And there are different diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. Now look at verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. Uh, In other words, we've been given whatever gifts that we have. We've been even given the Holy Spirit to to profit the whole body. And and been given the gifts of the Spirit to profit the whole body. That's what he's speaking of. Look at verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge. By the same Spirit. To another faith. By the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. And that was back when these sign gifts were in operation. They're no longer in operation. I'm not going to get into that in what we're studying tonight. Uh, I will refer you later to uh, uh, something I did on that. And if you care to study that again, you can't. But look at verse eleven. But all these work at that one and the self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Okay, each person is gifted, but is according to the Spirit, the Spirit's direction, how the Spirit gives that person. Verse twelve. For as the body is one and hath many members. And all the members of that one body, being many are one body, uh, so also is Christ. So we'll we'll leave off reading there for right now. But uh, Paul began by reminding us that though we are individuals, I mean think about it, we are saved individually, we are gifted by God individually, and uh, yet we are also part of his body. The body of Christ, and and similarly, just as the individual parts of our bodies find their usefulness and, and fulfillment in the body, we find our usefulness and fulfillment in Christ's body. And when you get saved, um, you, you know, you feel like you got a purpose. Well, you, we do have a purpose, and it's more than uh, you know, the Lord didn't just save us to carry us to heaven. He saved us to carry us to heaven. The moment we trusted Christ, we'd be gone out of here. I've, I think I've said that uh, many times before. But uh, he saved us to be a part of his body and function in the world as his body. Each of us is special to God as individual persons, and we should never be ashamed of who we are as individuals and the Lord's uh, uh, Lord Jesus Christ. Um now, he loved and continues to love each of us individually. Aren't you glad? The Lord, Lord loves you tonight. Uh, he died for each of us individually. I believe that if I was the only one that was lost, that Jesus would have come and died for me. You know, But I wasn't the only one. You you were lost too. And even though we had maybe different degrees in which we were uh We look at ourselves and say, well, I think maybe you were probably a bigger sinner than I was. Well, we were all sinners, and we were all in need of salvation. And Jesus died for each one of us individually. And he saved each of us individually. So accordingly, the Lord has a special place in his body just for us individually. And his Holy Spirit has gifted us us accordingly. And it may seem to us that God has some strange members in his body, uh, and But each one of them is important to what the Lord is doing in this age. Okay, um, We see the, the picture. We see the purpose. Now I want you to look at the partnership of, of what he's talking about here. Uh, so we being many are one body in Christ. Everyone members one of another. We're members one of another. That's partnership. While the body is made up of many different components when uh, things are the way they're supposed to be they all function together seamlessly right function together seamlessly for example you know when my eyes see something that uh, they want to investigate closer the rest of my body sets in motion if it's across the room my my legs going to get up you know help get me up Walk across the room, my hands are going to get that and pick it up and be able to let my eyes examine it a little closer. It's the whole body functioning together uh, for the purpose of the body. Now, um, when I want to move from one location to another, my feet and other parts of my body respond by moving in unity in the chosen direction. And so there, there's a wonderful integration cooperation and partnership within the human body when it functions properly in unity. Now we know that uh, our bodies are not perfect. We have problems. They don't really work seamlessly like they should and it causes us some problems from time to time, don't they? You know, we all have some physical ailments that we're we're dealing with because uh, uh, something in the body is not working the way uh, that it's supposed to work and that That is because of of the original sin with Adam. It was part of the curse. Uh, But think about God's intention when he made the body, though. So there's wonderful integration, cooperation, and partnership within the human body when it functions properly in unity. And that's the same kind of seamless integration, cooperation, and partnership that should exist within the body of Christ for it to function properly in unity as well. Sadly, there are many believers who have come to believe that they can just get along without other believers. Don't ever let yourself get to that point. There's a lot of folks that say, well, I don't have any need for the church. Uh, Christ loved the church, gave himself for it, amen? Uh, He's the one that places us in the church. The Lord's will is for each of us to function together with other believers as members of the same body, his body. And so uh, there are those who, if they see someone who maybe is just a little bit different than they are themselves, they allow no place in their idea of what a believer is uh, uh, and they refuse to cooperate with that person. You know, they say, you know, well, they're not like me, so, uh, you know, I'm not going to pay them any heed. And by the way, I'm not talking about compromising doctrinal standards for the sake of unity. Understand that we are to be a body. But one distinct truth about the body is that every cell in my body possesses the same DNA. It just does. Just as every true believer in the body of Christ possesses the same DNA, so to speak, (laughs) of spiritual life. And that is the Spirit of God. We all have the Holy Spirit according to Romans 8, verse number 9. Since that's true, every genuine believer will accept certain fundamentals of the faith and will be identifiable as a child of God. Again, we can turn our attention to the human body to see these ideas pictured for us. Look at here at, at uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Look at, uh, let's pick up in verse number 14. And he, this kind of humorous, humorous illustration that he gives using the human body to, to speak of the body of Christ here. Look at verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, <laughs> think about think about how silly that would be, right? The whole body just being an eye. Uh, um, wouldn't have an eye, if the whole body were an and I, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? You know, we need all the functions, don't we? That's, uh, that's the idea here. He says, 18, but, verse 18, But now hath God set the members. Did you get that? God hath set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem uh, to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more uh, abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but, but God hath tempered the body together having given them more abundant honor to, to that part which is lacked. Uh, that that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, uh, all the members suffer with it. And one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. He says, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Um Altogether, we make up the body of Christ, but we 're members in particular uh, while each of our human bodies are just one whole they're made up of individual parts and they do specialized tasks from which the whole body benefits and that's a that 's the great thing about gifts you now um, all the gifts are needed and uh, and uh, the Lord places us where we need to belong in the body. Our human bodies are a marvel of individuality and harmony. Every part has a duty, and all parts come together for the good of the whole body. None are important, and none should be left out. I mean, you know, if I cut my finger, my whole body goes in the process of trying to, to make sure my body's, that that finger is taken care of. You know, it goes to stop the bleeding, make sure we get some antibiotic ointment or whatever on there, put a band aid on it to keep the, the rest of the body from losing all the blood and bleeding to death. You know, uh, we, the body functions as a unit, each one of it using their individual gifts to help the one that's hurting, right? If it were to be like it, you see it in a lot of churches. One part of the body gets hurt, and all the rest of the, of the body just attacks it. That doesn't make any sense, does it? That's not the way it's supposed to be. The body of Christ uh, is no different than our human bodies, really. Each and every member has been gifted in one or more areas, and we must isolate our gifts and use them for the glory of God and refuse to try to and take for ourselves a gift that has not been given us by the Holy Spirit and, you know, that can cause a problem too when you're trying to do somebody else's what God has gifted them to do. Do what God's gifted you to do. Leave others to do what God has gifted them to do. Don't be jealous of what the grace of God has produced in the life of another believer. So we need to watch our, our pride in the body. We need to watch our place in the body. Let's flip back to our uh, passage there in uh, Romans. And we see in verse number 6 through 8, we see we need to watch our performance in the body. Watch our performance in the body. Uh, Romans 12, verse number 6, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or, or he that teacheth, on teaching, or he that exhorteth, on exhortation. For he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Uh, listen, just as we find our niche in the body of Christ, we're, we're to carry out our duty to to Christ to the best of the ability that God gives. We ought not to look to do, just get by uh, with the minimum... Uh, the minimum we can get by with. We ought, we ought to want to do our absolute best for the Lord. Paul closes out this section by teaching us how to do that, how to, how to, to, to look at uh, what God has called us to do and do our absolute best for Him. First of all, we see our call. There he says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, in verse 6 there. That verse reminds us that we have, what we've just been talking about, when, when we were saved, we all received the gift of the Spirit, but at that moment of conversion, we all uh, also received one or more gifts, spiritual gifts, to use in the body of Christ. Now, um, God may give some multiple gifts, and God may give some as, as few as one gift, but everybody's gifted. Everybody's gifted in some way, and the person that has the more gifts is not to uh, exalt themselves and think they're more important than the person that's only got one gift. We're all needed in the body, amen. We're we're all needed, and so uh, there's no need for us to come to God and pray for the Holy Spirit or 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 for pray for any gift. Uh, from the Spirit, because we, when we got saved, we got the Holy Spirit. When we got saved, we were gifted. What we need to do is ask the Lord to show us the gifts that He's given us so that He can use us in the area or areas for which He has gifted us. And By the way, if we walk in humble submission to the Lord, He will reveal His gifts to us by giving us opportunity to exercise those gifts for His glory as we live our life. Our duty is to simply be what the Lord saved us to be. Be what the Lord saved you to be. Uh, and uh, g- use the gifts that he's given you. We see our condition there in, in the latter part of verse 6 through 8 that we read there. If, in these verses Paul mentions some of the spiritual gifts that the Spirit of God gives to the church. Now these are not this, this is not an exclusive list. Okay? I'm going to give you some verses. You can write down um, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28 through 31. There's a list of gifts there. Uh, there's a list of gifts in uh, Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12, and 1 Peter 4, verse number 10. Um, but we're not studying the gifts. Okay, we're studying the body, and studying the, the matter of being gifted in within the body. But there there are other lists, lists of gifts. None of the gifts... Lists that you see are exclusive and none of them include all of the gifts. There are many gifts given to the church, and here Paul speaks of those that relate to expounding the Word of God and those that relate to expanding the work of God. And of course, none of the as I said, none of these lists is exclusive, is exhaustive. So uh, understand that some of these gifts are no longer in existence because they're no longer needed. Now as I said, I've previously done a series on spiritual gifts. actually done it twice. did in 2014 as a part of our discipleship challenge in 2019 also. So uh, there's a preaching series in 2014 and there's a teaching series uh, in 2019 that is on sermonaudio.com. Uh, God gifts His people uh, for many different tasks within the body of Christ. Um, Paul's idea is that we should seek to determine the gifts that we have been given and we should consecrate that gift to the Lord. Lord, this, this is your gift. You gave me the gift. It's your gift, and I want to use it for your honor and glory. And we should wait on Him to open the doors. We should wait on Him to give the opportunities for service and when and how God uses us as His business being available, and being willing to be used of him is ours. So we see our call, we see our condition, we see our caution there in verse number 8. The latter part of verse 8 says that, um, um, let's read verse 8 for it. He that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. A couple of words here. Simplicity, diligence, and cheerfulness, okay? Let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Talking about how you exercise gifts. Um, Last last part of verse 8 deals with our attitude as we use the gifts that we've been given. And we must always be cautious that we use God's gifts in God's ways and only in God's ways, amen? Amen. Uh, he mentions three gifts here, giving, ruling, and showing mercy. Uh, then he tells us how these gifts are to be administered. These three statements can be applied across the board to the exercise of really of all spiritual gifts. Paul says that the gifts are to be used with simplicity, diligence, and cheerfulness. Let's take a look at these three things and we'll be done. First of all, simplicity. Simplicity. The word simplicity is a word that means with sincerity, free from mental pretense and hypocrisy. Okay, We're not here to put on show. We're here to glorify the Lord. Amen. I mean, that's basically what we want to get down to. In other words, whether it be giving or in any other exercise of the spiritual gifts, it must be done with a pure heart and a pure motive. It's not... Uh, um, it's for the Lord's purpose. The Lord Jesus Christ wants us to minister for Him without thoughts of self. We should serve Him for His glory, not for personal gain or personal glory. Amen. I think we understand that, don't we? Second um, Corinthians 1.12 says, "For our rejoicing is this: the uh, testimony of our conscience that in simplicity, Paul said, and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom." But by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you. word. And he gets across it with, with simplicity and godly sincerity and that grace of God. The gifts that we have are by grace. Amen. So simplicity, what about the word diligence? This word means with haste. Our word speed comes from this word. Additionally, it means with earnestness, striving after something. So this refers to seeing the urgency of the moment and reaching out with the best of the ability that God gives us to make a difference in the lives of others while we can and while there's still time to do so. Amen. Um, 1 Peter 1.22 says, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. God's worked in our hearts and uh, the Lord is working in our lives. He wants to work in our lives and through our lives uh, in others' lives as well. We're to do things with diligence. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9 verse number 10 says, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. We're to to do it with uh, all that we have. Colossians 3 says the same thing. Colossians 3, verse 16 to 17. Look look, look at Colossians 3. A couple of verses here. We'll take a look at three three verses. Colossians 3, verse 16 to 17. says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Notice this. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Look down to verse number 23. Verse 23. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. You know, we need to be reminded that we serve Christ. Amen. We're we serving the Lord. When we serve others primarily, we're serving the Lord. And that will help us. Uh, simplicity, diligence, and then last of all, cheerfulness. Cheerfulness. And this word means with excited joy and readiness of mind. Our being allowed to exercise our gifts and service for God should fill our hearts with unbridled joy and excitement. Um, you know, I love that God's called me to preach. Um, I enjoy what I do. Uh, I've been, been gifted to be able to preach, and I've been blessed to be gifted in that way. Our being allowed to exercise our gifts in service for God ought to excite us. It ought to give us joy. We should be serving God with an excited heart that is ready to do service for the King of Kings. We should come to church because we want to be here to do our part, to edify. We ought to be here to want to offer uh, words of encouragement to others and here to uh, uh, be a part of the body of Christ for the glory of God. Amen. We should also come to church for our own edification. You know, we can't be edified by others if we're not here, can we? We we can't. we should come to church for our own edification, realizing that none of us has arrived yet, but the Lord has given us another opportunity to grow in our walk with Him, be transformed more into His image. We should serve the Lord with gladness in our area of giftedness because we are excited about being all that the Lord wants us to be. Let's turn to one last passage and we'll be done here. Second Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians 9. I know this is speaking here of, of giving, but it, we're, uh, we're talking about giving of ourselves, aren't we, tonight? Mm-hmm. Giving the spiritual gifts that God has given to us. Uh, using those to help others. And I think the principle, the principle works here, too. Um, verse number 6, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, But I, this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. And yeah, I believe that applies to not just monetary gifts, but also the giving of ourselves. Amen. Look at verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. The Lord is one that helps us to succeed in uh, the the uh, use of the gifts that He has given to us, and He's able to make great that grace abound in our lives. So as we think about the body of Christ this evening, I wonder how well we're filling out the places that we have been called on to fill. As you listen to um, the message this evening, did the Spirit of God touch your heart about using what He has gifted you? to do in some area of service for Him. Maybe the Holy Spirit has touched some area in your life that needs work. Uh, maybe you haven't exor- been exercising your spiritual gifts as you should. Maybe you haven't even discovered your area of giftedness. That's sad when we uh, don't have enough uh, um, uh, in us to to even want to discover our uh, what our giftedness is in the body of Christ. Uh, so, Tonight, whatever how the Lord has moved upon your heart, you know if there's a need. And if there is, uh, this is the moment to come to the Lord. And say, you know, Lord, help me with the gifts that you've given me. uh, Do better for you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for...